Hey everybody, it's Chris here, welcoming you to another episode of the Casual Future Podcast. What's up? Welcome back, guys. Just so you are aware, thecasualflipper.com is live. Go check that out. And then you can find me on Instagram at thecasualflipper. That's also for YouTube. And then Twitter is casualflipper. Hope to see you. All right, let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Casual Flipper Podcast. This week, I just want to take a few steps back. Uh, There's been a ton of content lately on the podcast. There's a lot of different structures and just all kinds of information out there. So I thought this would be a really great opportunity to kind of take a step back and just go back to the basics and just reiterate the business, what we do, where we started, and just some places that you can source for books if you're just getting into this. Uh, The podcast has grown a little bit recently and there's probably a lot of new listeners that might still have some questions around how reselling even works in general, not just with books, but just in general. So I figured this would be a really good opportunity to kind of dive into more of a entry level conversation just about the logistics and and just a brief overview, I guess, of of how to resell on Amazon in general and particularly how to scale books. So most people are on one of three markets, at least in this audience, either in Europe, Canada or the US and each market does have their own benefit you know there's pros and cons to everything the big thing with the states everybody knows is the sales are amazing it's incredible the volume goes through in the days but with that there's also very high competition with Canada it's more like Europe in the sense that there's a lot of untapped potential still it's still a growing market still very lucrative but there are significantly less sales on these markets But with that, there's also a lot less competition. And in certain categories, I know in Canada for sure, things like grocery, there's a huge opportunity. Amazon continues to build fulfillment centers in Canada. And as they roll out, the two-day shipping and possibly even one-day shipping could become a reality for more of Canada. I think some places like uh, Toronto may have it now, but most of Canada does not. So as that rolls out across Canada, you're going to see... Amazon in general, huge growth in the smaller marketplaces like Europe and Canada, but you're also going to see certain categories see a big boost like grocery. There's a ton of stuff, products in grocery that would be amazing, but just are not listed yet. I've made a few listings myself in grocery and they've done extremely well. It's just a matter of literally going to the grocery store and finding items that people are buying. So I, I I try to find empty shelves, things that I notice each week people are buying up. And then I look for it on Amazon and you'd be shocked how many times I cannot find the item on Amazon. One of the listings that I made was Mio. I looked at the US marketplace, all kinds. Canada, there was like three options. So I made a list in a bundle and it sold extremely well. For whatever reason, I did lose the buy box on it. Like it's um, it's hidden now. So sales have really kind of plummeted on it. So that's unfortunate. But what it showed me is the potential. I didn't run any ads. I didn't do anything. I just made the listing, sent a few in. I sent in three and they sold within a week. It was incredible. So then I made a few other listings, which I continued to replenish. And that's great because now I'm the only seller on there. And it's a it's products that really are niche to my area. So these are stuff that my local area is very well known for and it probably will be harder for other people to source. So the reason I bring these points up is simply because depending on where you are 
is going to dictate your strategy in a sense. You know, a lot of people in Canada may think that they're handicapped, but really there's a huge opportunity for you. Same thing in the States. You might think that, you know, there's so much competition, but you got to realize too, there's there's a there's way more opportunity in the sense of places to source and customers in general. So no matter where you are, there's a ton of opportunity for you in, in all the marketplaces. So that is a really huge thing. Now, when we're talking more about, you know, sourcing in Canada, um, if you want to kind of refer to books, I've been asked a few times lately, like, where do I source from? And the blatant answer is like, not many places, because that's just the reality of it here, you know, but at the same token, a ton of different places. So the reason that that answer contradicts itself is simple. Blanket, like across the country, it's basically just Salvation Army and Value Village. That's really the only answer I can give that applies to pretty much everybody. But there's a whole other side of the coin, which reads simply that you also can get creative. You can decide that you want to start taking donations. You can decide that you want to start linking up with some church groups or charities that are into the book game because potentially during COVID they haven't had opportunity to sell and they're looking for a way to partner up and remove some books. So maybe you can just go there and pick up 15, 20 books or more, whatever it is. So get a little more creative on terms of linking up with people who used to sell books and no longer can, but not only that, but accepting donations yourself. But with this, you know, the more books you like donations, the real downside is 90% of it is rubbish. So you're going to have to have a effective way to dispose of your duds or the garbage books. Um, and often that involves tearing the hardcovers off and just simply recycling them paper. Or you could try to monetize them on Facebook Marketplace, which is another good option. Those, market, those local marketplaces are on absolute fire. They always were, but ever since COVID, it's it's just extra. People are spending money right now. And should that trend continue? I don't know, but that's kind of where we're at presently. So where we're at now, I don't have any other tools than what you have. I have all the same capabilities. So I was working full-time, started selling on Amazon. You know, I started with books, retail arbitrage, value village, salvation army, that kind of thing. And then I started dabbling in grocery and toys and all that. I had to go through all the processes of getting ungated and learning about all that stuff. So that a lot of people, they message me on their journey. And it's interesting because I was on that exact same journey. I've just been fortunate enough to have proper role models and inspiration and drive to not give up. That's the only difference between making it and not making it is simply, did you give up or not? So I completely understand where you're coming from. I was listening to every podcast. I was watching YouTube. I was reading everything. Like I've been there. You know, I started, you know, my first month, um, Instagram, I started my Instagram, zero followers. I started my Amazon store. The first month I did like 50 bucks in sales, you know, by month six, I was doing like, I don't know, maybe 2000 a month. So it wasn't like this happened overnight. You know, I have the same tools you have and the only reason i'm telling you that is to give you the inspiration and the motivation that if you just stick with it you will get it it just it takes time and it can be frustrating and there's going to be lows and there's going to be highs but you just gotta 
keep your brain open to opportunity because when you're looking for it, you'll find it. Like you search what you're looking for. Just sometimes it takes longer than we like, but I'm telling you, just stick with it. You'll get it no matter what you're trying to do, but especially in the Amazon world because patience and perseverance is the benefactor when it comes to this stuff. It took me over a year of searching for an extremely good source before I found it because if anyone's trying to sell books in Canada, it's not the same as the States as you can just simply type in Book Gaylords Vancouver and you're going to find four or five places that offer this kind of service or, or anything like that. So you got to get a little more creative. You got to like you really got to basically knock on doors, make phone calls and it's it gets really grindy. And if you're willing to do that kind of work, then you'll probably make it work. Um, my best source right now is just because I was driving around in a very industrial part of the city and I was literally just calling stores that seemed interesting like stores that seemed like maybe there were some opportunities somewhere and basically just doing a fact-finding call so I was explain what I do and see if there's an opportunity for me like that's the kind of work that it takes to make these connections because you're not they're not just gonna fall on your lap you kind of have to make it happen you know, now this month, March, sorry, February, like we did like 16 May, like I don't know exactly where we're at, but we're at like 16,000, maybe 17,000 month to date revenue, which just blows my mind to think that this, it was even possible. Like I, like it, it just, it's, I don't know. It's not even that crazy of a number. Like really, it's not that crazy. It's like not enough revenue with our margins to change my life or change anybody's life really really like probably I could make a comfortable 30k a year maybe 35 with this kind of revenue so it's you know it's kind of a modest means but there's a ton of freedom and it's extremely rewarding but you know really we, we got to get this number up like my goal is to be making over a hundred thousand profit per partner per year so we have a long way to go and in order to do that there's a lot of work that needs to get done. And we need to, I guess, much books as we're getting, we need to double, triple it. Like we're sending in 2000 a month. We need to send in like 6000 a month. So as well as it seems we're doing, like if you look on social media, like the growth has been insane, but like it's as great as it is, it's only as good as it is, which I know that's a strange thing to say, but it's not good enough. You know, that's just the reality of it is uh, when you start on Amazon, you're starting from zero. And when you get a lot of something going, it's exciting, but it's still very modest. You know, like it's not like I'm working a full time job and then making that 30K like this is it. Right. So it's, it becomes important to really get creative and scale up. So we have a few main sources and we just we, we need more. So with that, it takes more creativity, takes more work. You know, you got to get down into the the real mud and start playing there because that's the only way you're going to make it work. And it is exhausting and it's gritty and it's grindy. And some days are amazing and some days are hard. But in the end, building your legacy is all worth it. And now I got a little sidetracked there. So really what I want to recap here is how our business works. And then maybe you can take some of these strategies into your own. So the first thing we do, everything gets a custom SKU. And the reason we use custom SKUs is so that we can track inventory for our spreadsheet. 
So each pallet we get, each each run to a retail store, that goes in the spreadsheet, that particular shipment, and it gets a custom SKU that we can track it over its lifetime. So we can see the exact ROI, how many units were sold, how much payout it provided us in the course of a year. So with that custom SKU, aligned with Sellerboard allows us to collect that data, which is super, super valuable because it tells us which sources are the most lucrative for us and where to focus our attentions. And as we adjust our triggers, we can see how that affected payouts and stuff like that. So custom SKUs and Sellerboard, super crucial. We source from retail, as you are aware, we have uh, things going on with donations and buying in bulk. And again, that was not an easy, easy thing to set up. If you ask me my source, unfortunately, that's I, I love telling everything, everything, everything. I'm super transparent, but that is the one thing that I unfortunately at this time cannot share. I'm sure at some point I'll be able to, but right now I can't, but we have partners for that, um, which is obviously a huge thing. That's really what changed the business from you know, a part-time to a whole to full-time thing was getting that wholesale relationship. So we get all those books. Right now we're getting about 12 pallets a week. We sort through them, figure out what's good for marketplace, Facebook marketplace, what's good for Amazon, what's being recycled, what's being donated to charities and stuff like that. And then we come in, list it, do the custom SKU, send it off UPS, they pick it up and it just rinse and repeat. But like really, there's a fair amount of downtime that then we have to, you know, there's a lot of accounting stuff that has to be done. There's updating the spreadsheet, there's strategizing for the future. So there's a lot of other kind of stuff that has to be done as well. And that includes like the podcast and the YouTube and all that kind of thing. At this time, we're not monetizing any of that stuff. And I don't know if I ever will, because I really just enjoy creating this content. I enjoy the conversations that I have. But that really, in a nutshell, is exactly how my business works currently. So if I was ever going to offer some little pieces of advice to get going, to keep things going, to scale, it's create systems and adjust them. So create some kind of schedule for sourcing, and then you can alter it as you go. If everything you're doing is extremely random, it's going to be very hard to scale the business, to put into context what's working and what's not. So do yourself a favor, sign up for Google so you can start a Google Sheets or if you have Excel and start tracking each shipment you do where the stuff came from, how it's going, schedule, when you're going to go to the stores, you know, you be flexible. You don't want to put yourself into like a super strict schedule, but you like you want some flexibility. But if you if you schedule it for Tuesday and it gets done Wednesday, that's fine. But as long as you know it was Wednesday and then you can give it, you know, a week before you go back. So try to systemize everything and then you can improve it. So you're always making adjustments and making it better. It just don't don't be random. That's how I was for months, just random, and the results showed it. So try to get a little more disciplined, a little more systematic. Try to collect as much data as you possibly can. That's going to be super important. And don't be afraid to try things. That's probably the most important thing because if like wondering if, if this item would sell or do well, you know, isn't really doing much for you. But if you do a test order, say you, you send three in and they don't sell, you could potentially call them back and then just return the item in some in some cases so just don't be afraid to try things because that's how you learn document as much as you can and i think those are kind of the, the foundation to a growth mindset to success in any business but you know definitely applicable to amazon that's kind of the strategies that i've employed anyway i know this episode's super random i just wanted to come on and give some motivation hopefully and some thoughts around the business and stuff like that anyway guys Keep crushing it, stay real.